From hot mess to flaming success. Stories, musings and advice to help small businesses own their numbers. Today, MicroChili's CEO and founder Sharon Crombie speaks with Damien Elsing, the founder of Click Media, about some of the ways you can master digital marketing, even on a shoestring budget. Tune in every second Wednesday for a business podcast done differently. Hello and welcome to episode three of From Hot Mess to Flaming Success and I am super excited today to be joined by Damien Elsing who is founder of CLCK Media. Is that CLCK or is that Click? Some people call it either thing. It's, it doesn't, not a big deal. I usually just call it Click. Yeah, perfect. And so do I. I realized for 12 months I've called it that and then I was like, oh, I might <laughs> be calling it the wrong thing. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're looking forward to some insights from you. So I'm just going to give a brief introduction to you before you take it away. So Click or CLCK, it's an Aussie-based inbound and content marketing agency that helps mid-sized businesses with their marketing. So Damien will show you how to move from traditional sales and marketing to an approach that uses content, social media, organic traffic, and marketing automation to drive real measurable results. So Damien, apart from eating, sleeping, and breathing marketing, can you further elaborate on what is Click Media and what inspired its launch? Yeah, uh, thanks, Sharon. Basically, we've been around for about seven years now, and my background is in content and copywriting. So that was where I started out, freelancing, and then that sort of naturally evolved into the sort of agency model, trying to help more people achieve that result. And what I found was a lot of companies were trying to get the sale. They're just sort of saying buy now and there's a lot of competition at that sort of pointy end of the market. And what a lot of people were neglecting was that earlier stages when people are sort of in research mode. They're just wanting to know more about educating themselves. So that's where those two sort of things married up, content and solving that problem for businesses. And yeah, that's basically what we've been working on for the last few years. And yeah, working with companies that have a longer buying cycle. So a person's not just going to come to your website and, you know, buy a t-shirt. It's more like building a home or buying some complicated software or something like that. And they've got all sorts of questions and, and concerns. And so we create the content that answers those questions and educates the person. And that naturally makes it so that uh, when it is time to make that buying decision, you're already way ahead of all of the other people in the market because you've built that trust with them. You're you're more like a trusted advisor than, than a salesperson. And it just makes that whole sales process much easier and, uh, and it just flows a lot better. Yeah, awesome. That is so good. So I'm imagining there's a lot of research goes into that in order to get the content that kind of really speaks to those pain points and, and makes you forefront of your client at the end of the day. Now, do you do that research on behalf of your clients or or is that a kind of two-way street between you both it depends most businesses will know you know obviously you will know more about your customer than pretty much anyone else because you're the one who's in the trenches speaking with them so we do often just talk to the business owner and ask them a lot of questions about their customers sometimes if we're doing uh, some kind of research we do jump in and say look we want to talk to a few of your customers hear what they say in their own words and that's that's really important for for content and copywriting it's just all the best copywriters, they just take what the person has said. They're not inventing new stuff and new ideas. They're, they're, they're listening to what the customer says and the challenges they have and how they describe it themselves. And then they're reflecting that back to them in, in any sort of marketing copy and sales copy. So kind of a combination. We talk to the business owner, but we're also happy to do surveys and, and get on the phone with our team interviews customers. And that's really valuable for, for everybody involved when we can take 
exactly what they've said and, and break that down and use it in our, in our marketing. Yeah, definitely 100% because sometimes as well, what we perceive to be the client's pain points are not necessarily really what, they, what their pain points actually are. So that's really good to get that research from the horse's mouth, I guess. So what would you say are some of the key digital marketing practices or platforms that small business owners should have in place before they launch? Do you think it's important that, you know, they look at this as a strategy before they even, you know, launch what it is that they're selling? You know, every business needs uh, a way to get new customers and new new inquiries. So I think obviously that needs to be some uh, consideration for, for, for a business. Uh, if you're getting lots of word of mouth and referrals, which is how a lot of businesses grow, that's great. But at some point, you're going to reach reach a stage where you're going to need to do some sort of marketing. And obviously, digital now is, you know, everybody's looking online. So at some point, you probably want to consider that. I think where I see a lot of companies missing an opportunity is not growing a sort of database of those people we talked about earlier. They may not be ready to buy right now. They might be past customers or something like that, or you've had the conversation and it never went anywhere. And I talk to customers that have been in business for 10 10 years, talk to clients, and they've never, I say, how big is your email list? And I say, we've just never, we've got a spreadsheet somewhere with 20 people in it. But having that database of interested potential prospects, and you know, whether you're using MailChimp or whatever tool you're using, just collecting them somewhere. And even if it's a monthly newsletter or six monthly, you know, just having some way to keep engaging them and staying top of mind and that sort of thing. And even if you're not going to email them, at least collect them because at some point in the future, they can be very valuable. You know, if you're launching new products, you've got new offers. If you've got nobody, if you have to go out and find a new audience every time, that's very expensive and it's a lot of effort when most people have it sitting right under their nose and the people they've already had conversations and relationships with. Yeah, 100%. It's interesting. I was talking to somebody last week, actually, and they were talking about newsletters and EDMs and because they annoy them, when they receive mm. them, they perceived that therefore that wasn't a great way to generate sales or interest and all the rest of it. And it was like, yes, 100% you don't open every single email. But I think like you said, even though the email comes in, you might delete it, you still remember that person. So it's definitely an effective way of of building your database at the end of the day. So Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And I hear that argument a lot. Like I don't open marketing emails, so why it doesn't work or I don't click on the ads on yeah. Google. So why would it work for us? But the fact is, you know, it doesn't need not everybody has to take that action. Correct. Most emails only get twenty percent of people opening the email and they're still extremely profitable yeah. um, source and extremely good. So same with ads, you know, one or two percent of people click on most ads, but that doesn't mean they're not affected. doesn't work. They definitely do still work. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Some great tips there. And is there anything that you think that they should avoid doing and um, why should they avoid doing them? Probably obsessing over all the details and overthinking systems before you've actually tested an idea or an offer in the marketplace so and i do this myself we all do it. i think there's a tendency to sort of try to get everything right and perfect you know whether it's a website or a pdf or something like that and you might spend ages developing this idea of this product and then you actually when you actually go out and test it on people well it flops you know because let's face it most most new ideas or things will flop so i think getting that feedback early and before you start creating marketing materials and funnel and that sort of stuff test that actually people want this and that you know validating the idea and taking some action that's another thing we can often be afraid to take action and again i do this myself because it's putting ourselves out there so we again we obsess about those little things and get it all perfect when in actual fact if we just sort of started emailing a few people or getting on the phone and testing it we'd find out 
oh, I need to tweak this before I actually spend a lot of time getting everything right. Oh, absolutely. And we do, we, we're all guilty of getting into our own heads instead of letting go of the outcome. Like you said, what you see as perfection, somebody else is not even going to notice. It's it's so silly when you think about it. Like you said, just just get out there and, and be imperfectly perfect, I guess. So yep, yep, yeah, absolutely. great tips, Damien, honestly. What do you think? Because, you know, digital marketing can be quite expensive for businesses that are just starting out. So what what do you think are some affordable and effective ways for for somebody that's just launching? Organic marketing. So organic, when we talk about organic, it's often like can be social media organic. So that's just not, not using paid ads and things like that. Paid ads can get quite expensive. And I wouldn't recommend doing paid ads until you've sort of, like we said earlier, tested the idea and validated and you just want to scale up so to start with you can just do things like facebook groups like being in facebook groups where your customers are and just adding value or if you if your customers are on linkedin be active on linkedin you know it's, it's not rocket science it's finding where those customers are and engaging in the same channels as them not trying to sort of pitch anything or sell anything just being helpful and, and getting that feedback so it does take more time and effort but it pays off if if your time, if you've got more time than money, which most businesses do at the beginning, that's definitely probably the channel I'd focus on is, is the organic, social. And then once you've reached a certain point, then you can turn to things like, like ads to scale up. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a great way as well of testing your message, because if people relate to you and, and kind of, you know, relate to the value that you're creating, that is a great way of engaging your customers, I guess. Now, I know for me, there are so many digital marketing metrics out there. I know like Google Analytics and all these different data platforms, and they can be quite overwhelming and confusing. So how do we know what is the best thing to pay attention to? With a business, you're always going to be interested in the, the main thing, which is the bottom line. So how much how much revenue am I generating? And thinking about what things lead to that, to that revenue. So I think starting at the end point and working backwards and not getting, a lot of people get bogged down in the leading indicators, which is you know, how much traffic am I getting and how many people are opening my emails. Well, that stuff doesn't really matter if um, if it's not leading to, to the sales at the other end. So making sure that those sales metrics are happening, the sales conversations, you know, if you're, if you're a business that requires a conversation, how many of them am I getting? How many of them am I actually closing? Where can I tweak those numbers? And then looking at working backwards from there. So I'd start at the very end and go backwards. And then eventually you will have optimized enough that you can start then looking, well, how do we get more traffic onto our website and how many more clicks and more people opening our emails? But until you've got the basics figured out, what's paying the bills, what's keeping the lights on, uh, how many sales am I making, what do I need to fix there? Uh, so, so start at the end and sort of work back. I love that. I, I love the fact that you've simplified it so much because I think we can get bogged down with the whole, all the analytics and these graphs and everything else that gets thrown at us on a daily basis. And really all you want to know is, am I getting the sales calls in? How many of those sales calls am I converting? So yeah, start with the basic and start with the simple first. That's such really good advice. And I think that this goes back to what we talked about earlier with paid ads, because paid ads can mount up and they can get expensive. Now, do you recommend once you know that you've tested your message, your your message is resonating with your audience, do you think paid ads then is the next step? Well, every business will reach a certain stage where whatever channel you're using now is not going, it's only going to go so far. So even if you even if you do a great job and you're getting all these referrals and word of mouth, there's a ceiling on it. You know, it's not 
un, uncapped, whereas ads can break through that next platform depending on how big you want your business to get. So I'd say once you reach those that point through other channels, you don't have time anymore to be doing those organic things we talked about. You know, you're getting a certain flow of word of mouth, whatever it might be. I do think, yeah, at some, some point ads is definitely a viable way to expand to that next level of growth. Yeah, definitely. And, and I guess exactly like you said, it's once you get to that point that you no longer have the time I guess that ads automates a lot of that, that instead of having to make 100 phone calls manually or reach out to 100 people on social media, for instance, that ads kind of takes that pain away a little bit and enables you to infiltrate a lot more people than what you would be able to do if you were doing it by yourself. And do you think what types of ads are best for different businesses? Because I'm guessing not every business, like for instance, for us, a lot of our customers and clients kind of sit on Instagram, whereas for others, it might be like you said, they're, they're LinkedIn. And what type of ads do you think would be the best for different types of businesses? First of all, I'd say start with one channel. A lot of people sort of say, we're going to do ads. So we're going to run, run ads on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Google all at the same time. And until you've, you know, you're going to be juggling a lot of different balls there, they all have slightly different strategies. So I'd say pick one channel that's most likely where your customers are and focus there. And once you get that right and working, then you can look at duplicating the same Thing across different channels but there's generally two types of digital advertising one is sort of active uh, like a google ad if someone types into google plumber sydney they're actively in the market searching so you can have your ad show when they're actively searching so that would be a google search ads for example and they're a great place to start because you're targeting you know obviously lots of people search on google you're targeting people who are actively looking for what you're doing so they're much more likely to buy something immediately it's going to be fast turnaround but if you're in a business that people might not have heard of as much so they're not actually searching for it, it might be some kind of new technology or new thing that's where social advertising can really be better because you're getting your um your ad or your offer in their feed when you know whether it's linkedin or facebook or instagram they're actually passively browsing you know looking through their feed and and your thing which they might not have thought thought about yet they might not even be aware that this exists and you're coming up and you're telling them how to solve this problem so they're both very effective ways, but they're very different approaches. So I'd say Google sort of that active searching is a great way to get started, especially if people, it's something, a problem needs to be solved now. But if you've got more time, the social advertising can be much better return because it's, it's cheaper to get your, your idea in front of them in that For sort of sure. feed and you're tapping into it before they're actively searching. So you're getting them early in that buying process. Yeah, interesting. And is there any way, because I've heard this quite a lot with Google Ads, obviously, that it, it is for people that are actively searching. Is there any reason that Google Ads wouldn't work for somebody? I guess if it's a very competitive industry and you're just jumping in with not much knowledge, that can... A lot of people have tried Google Ads. You know, I get, every day I talk to people, they say, oh, we tried Google Ads, it didn't, it didn't sort of work for us. And that's because usually they're sort of doing it themselves or or they're sort of figuring it out as they go. And you can get industries in Google Ads where it costs $50 just to have a person click on your ad. So you need to really make sure if you're going to pay $50 just for someone to click on it, you want that, you want to make sure you've got a mechanism for then getting that person to turn into a phone call or a form submission, so those landing pages and stuff that you can do. And I think it's probably the biggest mistake is people just sort of go off with limited knowledge and they say, we're going to start Google Ads and we're going to send them to the homepage of our website and everything's going to work out fine. But if your competitor is running ads and they've got you know a highly optimized landing page, which really is about that specific search term, you know they might have all different landing pages for different themes and stuff like that. You're going to be really up against it in terms of trying to make that money show a return. Now, 
that's a worst case scenario. Most, I think the average click on Google Ads is about $2 a click. But even then, you know, if you're spending 50 bucks a day or 20 bucks a day, yes, you're getting 10 people to your website that you wouldn't, but what are you going to do to turn them into a customer? And as we talked about at the beginning, it may not be uh, inquire now or, you know, I want a quote. It might be download this guide or download our info pack, our FAQs or our, our comparison guide, which, is, which has worked well for some of, some of our clients in the past. What is the biggest difference, Damien, just out of interest? Like, so you said on average that the pay-per-click is $2 and yet some that are highly competitive can be as high as $50. What type of industries would the $50 mark reach, do you think? Usually the longer, the, the bigger the customer lifetime value for the company um, and the more saturated the market, the higher the click. So I think things like insurance is one of the highest ones, you know, life insurance, health insurance, things like that. Bookkeepers. Bookkeepers, probably somewhere in the middle, I'd say. Uh, it's, it's a fairly saturated competitive mm. industry. So you can have, you know, it's quite a savvy industry. You get a lot of competition. That's really what drives it up is competition. So the amount that someone is willing to pay to acquire yeah. a customer and therefore working backwards to acquire a click on their ad, the more you're going to be in competition. Because yeah. all Google ads are, is it's an auction. So if you say, I'm willing to pay $20 yeah. uh, for a person to click on my ad and the guy next to you, and there's a huge company, yeah. you know, like um, some big insurance company, and yeah. they're willing to pay $30, well, they're going to outbid you on that click and they've got bottom, bigger pockets. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works. Oh, interesting. That's really good insight, especially for a novice like me who's not not really sure how it all works. So that that is awesome. How much money do you think small business owners should be putting into their paid ads? Do you think it's reflective on whatever their revenue is? Or do you think that there's, you know, a certain amount that they should be putting away every single month for ads? Uh, That's a good question. A lot of, you see a lot of percentages banded about, you know, you should spend X percentage of your revenue and whether you're trying to grow or just maintain is all a factor. So I, I don't, really subscribe to those models of a certain amount based on your, your revenue because there's so many factors in a business like defining your profit and all that sort of thing. So I'd just say, the other thing I'd say, you don't have to start that big. You can start campaigns for $5 a day. You know, you can have a very basic campaign. And this is another thing is, you know, even running ads, you don't have to start with a whole lot of whiz-bang campaigns and different types of advertising. You can start with a very simple type of campaign and just spend $5 a day on it. And get feedback from that over time. You know, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get feedback. You'll start seeing quite quickly within a week or two if that $5 a day is actually having a result or if you need to change something, whether it's, you know, like we talked about before, the offer or the audience or something like that. Start small and and scale up once you can see that it's working. Definitely. That's so good. And I think this goes back to going back to what we said at the beginning as well, where, you know, sometimes you've just got to start. And I think the problem is for a lot of business owners that, you know, they do see all these you know, fancy bells and whistles and all the rest of it and think that they've got to go all in without, like you said, just testing it from a very basic level. You know, they're comparing themselves to somebody that's been in the market for 10 years, for instance, and, you know, they're not at that level yet. And I think that that's small business owners' downfall at the end of the day. They've just got to look at where they're at now and, you know, advertise where they're at now. What are some of the ways small business owners can use content to build trust with potential customers? I mean, I think that we've touched upon that already with, you know, social media and and kind of groups and all the rest of it. Is there anything else that you would recommend? As we touched on with the email list as well, one of the 
biggest sort of um, shifts that we we help make when we work with businesses is creating a piece of content. And it doesn't have to be a lot of different things. It can be just one offer that people will want to download. They'll give their email address for it. So it could be some kind of like even a template or a spreadsheet or something that you know helps solve that problem that, that your business is going to solve from. So from a, for a bookkeeper, as an example, you know, the person's not ready to actually talk to you just yet, but they might be wanting to download a template on how to organize your, your bass or something like sure. that. So giving them a spreadsheet or a PDF and then having that mechanism where they just come to your, your website and whether it's a pop-up or a page somewhere, an offer that they can find and then they give their details, they download that and then they're in that database and you can then email them and, and get that conversation going. And that's where your ads can branch out from actually. Some of the most successful ads that we've run, it's, it's just to send them to that kind of download yeah. offer and then use email to build that relationship or other types of ads and things like that. I think having some one content offer in your business that is a mechanism when the person's not ready to buy but they want something yeah. is a really good step. So it's like that, that stepping stone towards a paid customer. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Really, really useful information there, Damien. And in terms of the clients that you help, I know you mentioned earlier, it's not really for those that are just a one-off purchase yours yours is a longer term strategy i think who are who are the customers that you typically work with the most yeah yeah we've worked a lot with construction companies so large expensive purchase you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and in the b2b space yeah same sort of thing like software risk management that sort of thing and that's where that sort of content is becomes more important because it's a much more considered decision and uh, construction is an example a home builder it still might only be a one-off purchase but it's on average, what we see is about six months from the time that they, they become a contact or you know part of their audience to the time that they're becoming an actual paying customer. So you've got six months there that you have to actually entertain them and uh, engage them and educate them. And it's the same, like the bigger the purchase, the longer that period Trust. is going to be. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? That's such a valid point, especially like six months can be quite a long time, especially in a world where we all want instant gratification. So, you know, we, we all want to put an advert out and have somebody contact us the next day. And I think the reality is, especially for, like you said, the clients that you serve, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. You've got to build up that trust and the value and everything else that you provide before people would even entertain coming to you. So I think that that is a really valid point It's to remain consistent for six months and not give up after a month and say, well, this isn't working, which I think is what a lot of business owners do as well. After a month, they're like, oh, you know, we've not heard anything. And so, yeah, remain consistent. Whatever you do, I think is the is the key takeaway from that. Definitely. Exactly. And it can take a mindset shift because, as you say, even with marketing, a lot of we expect to see instant results. So, and, and this educational angle does take time, yeah. So you have to give it a few months till you start seeing the seeing it pay dividends, and then that can be scary for a lot of business owners. So you've got to have that long term mindset and realize that you're really building an asset here when you're creating these these pieces of content. You, you're almost taking the mindset of a publisher more so than just uh, you know a business yeah definitely and I guess as well it's kind of once you start building that base it's not like when you're first starting that you're so reliant on that first sale coming in you know you then I guess you've got your pipeline so if it takes six months to nurture it's not quite so scary as you know six months when you're first starting out so yeah absolutely really really good so how can our listeners learn more about you 
and your business, Damien, if they want to get in touch with you. And we will put some links on so that our listeners can get in touch with you as well. But what is the best way? Sure. Uh, well, our website's probably the best way, which is clck.com.au. And uh, we've got all sorts of free resources and templates, kind of what we've been right. describing here. So um, there's video training and all sorts of stuff about doing some of what we've talked about here, implementing content and what sort of content you need at different stages depending on where your customers are at and things like that. So yeah, probably our website and um, they can find everything they need there. Oh, fabulous. That is, I just think you have given such great value today for our listeners and and for those that are overwhelmed by, you know, digital marketing. Like, yeah, it's, it's another, another world for me, I have to be honest. So thank you so much for giving us your time today and, and for creating that value for us. And thank you once again. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Damien. Thank you. See Thanks. ya. Bye. Okay, bye. If you're ready to take the next step and hire employees, our next episode will be one not to miss. Sharon will be chatting about all things hiring and the legal considerations that come with it with Jessica Bilston-Gawley, Director of Positive HR. The From Hot Mess to Flamin' Success podcast features entrepreneurs who have successfully scaled, marketing experts who'll help you grow, and small business owners just like you who talk candidly about their journeys, learnings, and struggles.